Hello and welcome to Tranquil Awakenings with me, Debbie Ison. Today I'm going to be having a chat with my friend Matt all about diet and nutrition. We're going to be having a look at the importance of taking a personalised approach to diet and nutrition, as well as some of the things that we've found that work for us personally and also some of the mistakes and errors that we've made along the way. As you're listening to the discussion, please do take into account that your needs are individual to you and go and get some proper nutritional advice in order for you to get the best tailored diet to your current needs. So today I have got my friend Matt with me. So welcome, Matt. Thank you, Debbie. I'm privileged to be here, first one. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring you on today because when we met up a couple of weeks ago, we had a fantastic conversation all about diet and nutrition. Yeah. And it's something that you know loads about. Yeah. And as well, for me, it's been a journey that I've started to explore over the last two or three years. Historically, my health hasn't been brilliant. Never really bad, but I've just had like lots of low level bugs, colds, aches, And I started to explore diet a few years ago because I was getting a lot of joint ache and I was also struggling with sleep. And so one day I asked my unconscious mind to help me with that and it came up with, it was diet. And I was also getting quite a lot of headaches. So I meditated and I got that chocolate was a problem. So I did an NLP technique on myself, an N-step reframe. And my mind, without me knowing, came up with a solution. So... I didn't know what the solution was. All of a sudden, I just noticed I'd stopped eating sugar and it was a massive game changer for me. I also became aware that I had a lot of digestive issues and my mind brought forward it was wheat. So I've pretty much eliminated wheat and sugar from my diet and I have got so much more energy. I feel so much better within myself. And then since then, I've started following a little bit of the medical medium. So I have my lemon water each morning I have my celery juice and then I do the heavy metal detox smoothie. And so from that conversation, then we then got speaking about you and all the things you know about nutrition. So I thought it'd be great for us to have a little bit of a chat to find out what you've explored over your years. Absolutely. And you know what? I'll start by saying I'm not going to demonise chocolate, uh, (laughs) (laughs) which is going to go down well with your viewers. But the dark chocolate, actually, and I go for the darkest chocolate I can possibly buy in the supermarket is very high in copper and it's got so many positives, probably outweigh the negatives of dark chocolate. But uh, that's enough about chocolate, Um, move on to that. So yeah, I guess I'll give you a bit of a a background of how I got into it all. So there I was, a young lad, uh, 14, 15 years old, and I guess doing the standard sort of, standard British diet, people say standard American diet, I'll go with the standard British Lincolnshire diet, which was pretty much potatoes and whatever else. (laughs) thrown on my plate. Uh, sorry, mum, if you're listening. But um, but no, I, I was looking to sort of uh, evolve myself, if you like. In So I started going to the gym, for example. I started doing a lot of jogging. There was sports at school. And I just, I wasn't recovering from these sports, even at that age. I was starting to get tired, etc., uh, etc. Et and I looked for ways to sort of improve on that. And it all began back then. Uh, and I guess I... I got into the real nitty-gritty stuff as I joined the military. And uh, we, we was taught basics on nutrition and stuff, but I just started buying book after book. And I was just absorbing this information, you know. And one of the best books I ever bought was 
Uh, it was called the Warrior Diet. Now that it's, it's a bit of a fad now. Uh, intermittent fasting's become a bit of a fad, if you like. But back then, that was brand new, and it and it was great in what it was it was recommending. Basically, a fast throughout the day or minimal food, followed by uh, sort of engorging in the evening. But from this is where I sort of sort of played with different diets, etc. for myself. And going back to the points you made, uh, I eliminated wheat as well, and I felt amazing. Yeah, bread. I took, I took bread out of the diet. I didn't want to because I love bread. Yeah, but, uh, I was the same. <laughs> yeah, hard work. I looked at, can I get around this? Can I keep bread now? So I took the bread out and... Uh, and the sugar, I removed that. I only took honey, etc. And it's 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 amazing, isn't it? That that what it does to that you know makes so much more energy from removing what is considered an energy source. Um, so yeah, I started touring with these these diets, and I found fruits as well. So I've started removing oranges, etc. Uh, juices. I removed juices from a diet to start with because that's that's a glucose in itself, uh, fructose, glucose. And the, the, the funny thing about fructose, what they don't tell you, the energy, uh, sorry, the, the fruit juice is, it's, it's straight into the body, straight to the liver. And if you don't use all of that, then it's straight into fat as well. So there's, you know, it, what's sold as perhaps uh, healthy, it isn't so healthy. But where if you, whereas if you take the fruit with the fibre attached, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that slows the absorption. That's a natural process. You don't you don't get the same effect. So I guess I'd better lead on to to everything I preach and what I actually do. So in the morning, I um as I was chatting to you about it the other week, I started taking lemon water. Now I was just reading about lemons in general and and citrus fruits and uh, that all the benefits are in the skin. And since you've told me that, I've started now digesting the skin. I did try one day to just eat a skin of a lemon. <laughs> And that was a really bad idea. It tasted revolting. Yeah. So now I've started blending it up and putting it in with my smoothie in the morning. Um, I am working towards putting it in my lemon water. But yeah. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little zesty. <laughs> it's you know, as an understatement. But I, I, um, So I chop a lemon in the morning and I, I place that into a blender with about three quarters of a pint of water. Uh, and I, I blend that for a minute. And what comes out is actually, it's quite nice in a way, perhaps because I've convinced myself that anything bit is good for the liver, which it, it is. Uh, but, but in that shake, I get twice as much vitamin C as, as the vitamin water was. I get the soluble fiber, which is benefits in itself. And uh, also it's alkalizing. And first thing in the morning, I think that's brilliant. It's a great start to the day. And I, I also take a pinch of Himalayan sea salt in that. Now, the reason I do that is that elevates the blood pressure slightly. And why do you want that? I want that because I've got a bit of an addiction to caffeine. So I, um, <laughs> I would rather let the, let the salt naturally do that. And Himalayan salt is not to be confused with your standard table salt. Right, you know, okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's so much more attached to it. It's got a, a potassium element. Uh, you need to outweigh sodium with potassium, but that's, that's a whole different... Could spend hours talking about that one, but the Himalayan salt has uh, essentially more components to it than your standard table salt, which is good. So that elevates me in the morning. Uh, the water I use is actually well; it was distilled until the energy prices crept through the roof. So 
I've I've gone from distilled now to uh, it's a Burke Birkfield uh, filter. So I, I remove obviously Lincoln's fluoridated. So the filters I use remove the chlorine, the fluoride. It's fantastic, but a kit. It really is. So I I use that water and then I vortex that water on a magnetic spinning plate. Now I've read many different opinions on this, but um, what I will say about it, it just tastes so much better when it's vortexed. And there's had so many, um, even plumbers use the vortexing method now to remove, uh, remove certain elements and sort of blend them up. And um, there's a lot more to it. I need to explore that more. But So just for somebody that just sort of gets tap water, yeah. why would you want to remove some of these things? Simply because, you know, you, how old are how old the house? Are those, those, that pipe work? I mean, lead's a problem. I don't know if anyone has lead pipes anymore, but that's, that is a massive problem. Uh, even excessive copper. I'll get onto the copper. But, um, and also the, the fluoride and the sodium fluoride was added to the water. Uh, from what I can understand, there was one, there was research way back in the 50s which said it was such a good thing. Uh, there's not been that much research ever since, and it's, it is a heavy metal. And amongst all the other heavy metals within tap water. And also a problem with that is the, the estrogens, you know, uh, with hormone pills taken by women. The, you can't really filter that. And that's once that goes to the processing plants, you know, uh, they do a good job destroying the pathogens with the chlorine. But then you've got you've to drink all that afterwards, you know. And the, the impact on the gut health as well. As we know, it's considered the second brain, the gut, and I think there's a lot to that. And you've just you've just dusted over that yourself and saying how much better you felt with removing removing the wheat. Um, so yeah, I I, I take I'm, I've always filtered water or I bought bottled water, but then you have the problem with the bottled water of the best phenols. You, know? <laughs> you, you can't win. You no. cannot win. So I so go, get I do a good job, the best job I can with the filtered water. Uh, and that's how, that's how I start my day. I'll always try and take about three quarters of a pint of water now mixed with lemon. And that's, that's enough for the body to take without excreting too much. Because there's only so much water you can take at one time without, you know, you run into the bathroom every five minutes. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my start with the, the, with the water. Uh, essentially, you know, the important, most important component to your life, really. Good drinking water. And uh, I, I always say this, good, good water and good sleep is, is the basis. To They're anyone. so essential, aren't they, yeah. for all elements of well-being? Absolutely. And we also discussed about, just going back to the copper. Now, I've, for years and years, I took, uh, it's like a supplement called ZMA. Now, that's zinc, magnesium, I think it's vitamin B6 off the top of my head. Now, this is really beneficial for men because that slightly increases your testosterone. Etc. Yeah. Etc. Et so that that's that's good if you're into the weights and stuff. But what I wasn't really aware of, uh, copper and zinc compete in the gut for absorption. Ah, oh, so what happens then if they're competing? They, so one loses out, and what tends to happen, as I found, is as I looked in the mirror and saw in quite a few grey strands appearing, <laughs> the, the copper was losing out massively with me, okay. and I was suffering uh, low copper. Definitely. So I've since uh, stopped the zinc altogether. Not that I'm demonising zinc because it's if you do it right, it's good. But I've started adding the copper in, and the energy levels gone through the roof because copper helps 
uh, with the ATP uh, generation within the cell, basically giving you energy. And so, yeah, that's, that's something I've explored. And what I found there was a, val- a valuable lesson for me. Be careful what you put in your body. You know, you sold all these supplements online, advertisement, but it's more to it. And I think that's the thing. We are such complex beings, aren't we? We have a complex system in our body and everything needs to be in balance. And I think the problem is now with the way we intensively farm, we lose out on a lot of like the trace minerals that are in the soil. So we're not getting them through our foods naturally. Even sort of with organic farming, a lot of the time the soil's all ploughed over and it doesn't have time for those microbes and things to form adequately. So in a lot of circumstances, we end up needing to supplement but without really knowing what's going on in the whole system, we can end up doing it wrong and creating more of a mess. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, and you, you've touched on a, a very good point. If you can get it naturally, do that. Because, and I don't supplement vitamin C anymore. I did for years. But I, that, that lemon a day is more than adequate for what I'm getting. And it's a natural source. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about, was it made in China? You yeah. know, wh- where's it been? Where's it come from? Uh, which, which you have to question for a lot of supplements. Um, but yeah, I find the lemon water in the morning has been has been fantastic addition. Uh, and I find that as well. I feel like I've just got lots of energy. I feel ready to get on with the day. Yeah. And I'm not a person that is an early riser. It takes me a while historically to get going in the mornings. Yeah, night owl myself. Yeah, yeah. Particularly, obviously, I've got children, and I tend to have to wake up when they want me to be awake, rather than when I would necessarily naturally wake up. So as soon as I've had that lemon water, within a few minutes, I feel like it's starting to kick in and it gives me that sort of real vitality to get on and do things. Yeah, and I think the alkalizing effects uh, a lot to do with that as well. And uh, I guess moving on from that, so this is the morning so far. I'll I'll always (laughs) try and live by a rule. uh, So sunlight before blue light, which is, you know, if you're working around uh, IT, which I'm doing a lot now, my new job, uh, I try to get that natural sunlight before I do anything. So I go out for a, an early morning stroll. Sometimes I have breakfast. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I fast. Um, but I do that, and that, that helps as well massively. You know, you get that light. That, it, that awakens the mind so much. And so I much really notice at this time of year when there's not a lot of sunlight, my mood drops. Yeah. I feel a lot more fatigue, yeah. and I struggle more just to maintain myself, whereas in the warmer months... I feel full of energy yeah. and I think that's really important. I don't think we get enough sunlight yeah. and a lot of the time and a lot of people I know, particularly since the pandemic, they've now started working from home. They get out of bed, they perhaps scroll on their phone, they watch a bit of television and then they move into their office, sit all day at a computer and then by the time they finish, it's dark, they make themselves something to eat and sit in front of the television and it's yeah. just not what we're designed for. Just pure blue light. Uh, from unnatural sources, and that's going to disrupt your sleep, everything. You know, you can get these blue light blockers. But, yeah, but what I do tell people, try and get out there. It's it's getting easier now, the lights, you know, the mornings are starting to be lighter and stuff, and you can do that. And if you can do it, and if you've got time, go do it, because the benefits, you'll feel amazing for it the first time, and uh, and, it, and it's going to assist you throughout the day. Plus, it's nice to get some fresh air. If you've, if you've got that luxury that you've got somewhere nice to walk and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do that. Uh, as I said to you, I'll, I'll just quickly touch on sometimes I fast, sometimes I don't. Now, uh, the evidence suggests you should wait an hour in the morning from waking before you eat. Why Ide- is that? Ideally, 
uh, just to get everything firing up. Now, I'm not saying you can take your water, take your lemon juice and stuff, but it, it tends to just, I guess it's like an engine warming up. Um, or sometimes I, I skip breakfast completely and I, I sort of optimise the, uh, the fasting. Now, I don't really do that for a fat loss effect, but I guess it does have some sort of fat loss effect. I do it more for um, alertness and I, I sort of try, I don't like my body to get too used to things. I think there's a, you know, I like <laughs> to keep it guessing. And that's something I learned from, you know, training with the weights, et cetera, the powerlifting, which I've done uh, since I was 15 years old. You can keep your body guessing. It's, it's designed to be that way. You know, it's not designed to go into routine. It gets a bit sluggish. So I do that every couple of days I'll fast. Uh, and then, yeah, that, that, that is my morning, really. Uh, I try and take cold showers as and when I can. <laughs> I was going to say about that because I've been a bit hit and miss with the cold showers. When it was the warmer months, I was on it every single day. I was waking up, doing the Wim Hof breathing, yeah. and then straight into the cold shower. And then over winter, I've sort of lost that a little bit and I need to get back into it. But you're so good at that. You're so committed to your cold showers yeah yeah and it's you know it doesn't get any easier it does not get any easier (laughs) (laughs) i'm quite fortunate that i've got i have actually an infrared sauna in the garage and sometimes i will get up that extra early and i'll sit in the sauna it makes that cold shower so much more easier to do Mm -hmm. um but i guess that's me being a bit of a chicken but yeah the benefits are that's all out there on the internet how beneficial that is for you and i i strongly strongly believe that and Going back to the breathing, I, I tend to utilise the, the Wim Hof style breathing in the morning. I don't feel right unless I've done that now. And I'm noticing that. I need to get back to it. The first few times I did it, so if anyone doesn't know, um, Wim Hof sort of does cyclical breathing. So you're breathing in and out without a pause in the middle. So you do a cycle of it's 30, then you exhale, empty your lungs, hold your breath for a minute. Then you start the cycle of 30 again then hold the breath when it's exhaled for a minute and a half. And there's a rescue breath after each one That's of those, right. isn't it? Where you yeah. breathe in and hold for 15 seconds. But there's a great little YouTube video where he guides you through it. So I still listen to that. And the first couple of times I experienced sort of no breath in my lungs, I felt really panicked. It was yeah. horrible. And I was okay until I gulped. And then as soon as I gulped, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. But then I got through that. And then it became a really exciting challenge every morning. I'd wake up before I even moved my head I would just put the YouTube recording on listen to it and I got up to three minutes with the breath hold and I was so proud of that and then I'm not been doing it so much and I miss it because it used to make me feel so invigorated so I had like tingly feelings all through my body but then it was so easy just to jump up and get on with everything else yeah yeah and that I think these rituals are important to have in the morning I think if you get up uh I think there's a famous speech by a, a navy seal uh colonel actually and he said, what you need to do, the first thing you need to do in the morning is make your bed and you've achieved. So if you, if you can make these, all these little achievements so in the morning with rituals, and if you, if you look into the business insider and stuff, all the, all the successful businessmen, they all have their own little rituals, what they have to complete in the morning. And by the time it's 8 o'clock in the morning, so I've had my lemon juice, I've done my breathing, I've had my cold shower, I've gone out, I've done my walk, and I'm about to sit down to start my work, and that's... You know, I've got all those, oh, and I've made my bed. So I've got all those <laughs> little achievements ticked off. And in the mind, I guess it's how the mind works. There's so much more to it than I could go into, but it it, it definitely satisfies something within you. And it, it, 
it, uh, it helps with motivation, especially in these months we're in now. Mm-hmm. You keep that discipline in the mind. It's, uh, it's, it pays off. I really notice that. So when I am sticking to it, and like I say, I'm hit and miss at the moment, I have got so much more energy and then I tend to spend those first few hours really working intensively on a really focused activity work-wise that I really need a lot of energy for. And then I choose two or three smaller activities throughout the day. But I get so much more achieved. It's phenomenal how much I can do in a day. And I get lots of people saying to me, how do you do everything that you do? You're always so busy and you're doing so many different things. And I'm sure part of that is because of the way I'm starting to look after my body and the nutrients I'm providing and also the things that I've eliminated. Yeah, yeah so it's, uh, it's been a long old road with the nutrition. And um, I guess I, I pick and choose little bits of everything I've learned. So some people will do ketogenic diet. I've done keto probably five or six times in my life. Didn't really, that's not what I say, I'd get on with it. I had an abundance of energy with it. But for what I do, I guess quite glucose intense activities with the sports and stuff I do, it didn't really work out. But for for mindfulness, the ketogenic diet was was the best thing I, I've done uh, for, for sustaining that, you know, that feeling you have, you wake up in the morning and you're on top of your game, you've done all your rituals, you can literally keep that up until the time you go to sleep with ketogenic diet because there's, nice. there's no insulin spike, I guess, is, mm-hmm. is what that is. Uh, and plus it does, it allows the gut to heal from years of gluten abuse, <laughs> which we've all been subjected to. And one to. of my friends at the moment, it's not something I could do. If I did it, it would make me feel very poorly. She's on the carnivore diet and she's only doing it temporarily, but she's got a lot of gut issues. Yeah. And she's finding for her at the moment that is really healing the gut. If I went on the carnivore diet, it would start to make me feel quite poorly after a bit of time. I tend to, like you say, pick and choose different bits yeah. for what works for my body. And I think that's the thing. Just because it works for one person doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for another. Likewise, I've got a friend who follows the medical medium religiously and doesn't have any meat. There's not a lot of anything other than fruit and vegetables. That seems to be really healing a lot of her chronic health issues. For me, it doesn't do me any good. I need some balance somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. If, and if it's working, then, you know, who, who's, who is anyone to tell you otherwise if, if you're getting something from it? And I think the carnivore diet's interesting because I tried that. Uh, I didn't get on with it um, because what, I guess what people don't realise is protein will convert to carbs if you have enough. So in the ketogenic diet, uh, people think it's sort of stackings. You know, you're smashing in burgers without the bun. To do it properly, it's got to be quite the opposite. You need to be, I forget the ratios now, but the fat needs to be the highest minimal amount of protein and perhaps a handful of perhaps nuts you could get away with for the carbs. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's something called gluconeogenesis, what happens within the body. Uh, a quick Google of that and you'll see exactly what I'm saying. It's, it's where the protein is converted to sugar. You, your body's fantastic. It, there are parts of the brain that will always need glucose, uh, so it will make its own. But when you're smashing in steak after steak after steak, it's probably not ideal. Um, <laughs> I think th- the thing, what the carnivore diet I thought was quite good was the organ meats, and there's so many minerals, vitamins within mm-hmm. the organ meats. Uh, but it's just not for me. And you see, I can't really ever say I've tried them, but the thought of it at the moment, when I think about it, it's a bit icky and I just can't bring myself to do it yeah I mean having said that three or four years ago when one of my friends was telling me get on the celery juice 
that's what you need. Your liver sluggish, it will really help you. I was like, I can't even stand the smell of celery. I can't ever imagine me doing that. And yet here I am, I have it religiously every day. And I really feel the benefits. So I can't say I'm never going to try it, but I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I didn't get on very well with it. Some people live by it and swear by it. And do you know what? Yeah, fair play to them. If it works for them, that, that's great. Uh, just certain things. I, I reckon you just need to know these things before you go full-footed into them. Because there's a lot of stuff on the Instagram and stuff. I'm doing the carnivore diet. Look at me showing a picture of ripped abs. Well, what have they gone through to get to that point? Probably trial and error quite a few times. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, for me, as we was discussing, I, I take snippets from everything. But I still find the best go-to mechanism for a good reset for me is fasting. And I, mm-hmm. when I say fasting, it's, I still take water with um, electrolytes, so potassium and sodium. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got up to, at most, three days I've done fasted. And uh, I felt on top of the world after those three days. See, once again, it's something I've never tried. I'm a constant grazer. I find that if I don't eat every hour or two, my tummy really hurts. I struggle to concentrate. I don't know why that is. It might be something that's really imbalanced in my body that I need to sort out. But I did notice that getting rid of the sugar improves that a lot. Because before, I used to wake up several times a night ravenously hungry and I wouldn't be able to get back to sleep unless I'd had something to eat and the moment I woke up if I didn't have something to eat I would want to be sick right that has settled a lot since I've changed my diet I've got rid of the wheat got rid of the sugar but the thought of fasting really sort of panics me because I'm constantly grazing so I don't know whether I need to look into that or whether that's just how I am yeah, I mean, you don't have to jump straight into a three-day fast. Uh, <laughs> certainly, that's certainly not what I did. Uh, I guess because I trained my body from, as I said to you, the first book I read, which was the Warrior Diet, which was uh, a day fast followed by an evening meal. And having seen and felt the benefits of that at a young age, I guess it's it stuck with me. Uh, but it's uh, I used I used the fasting technique to to cut back on on the fat. Well, after Christmas and stuff, you know, when we're, when we're packing a bit on, or and if I if I just feel like I'm becoming a bit blocked, or I've been taking too much protein, etc., I'll, I'll just switch back to the fasting, and it's uh, perhaps a day or two, and I feel amazing, mm-hmm. and that that's enough to reset me for possibly six weeks, and I feel great. Wow. Yeah, it's a powerful tool, and there's a reason why I guess religions of the world use it, mm-hmm. you know, for spiritual and physical uh, benefits. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, the supplements. I'll perhaps mention quickly the supplements I take. Uh, so I take a, a supplement called niacin uh, in the morning. Now, niacin is a flushing effect when you take it; it makes you really red. Okay. <laughs> and it's uh, it's a great natural antidepressant. But I take the niacin alongside. Um, it's like a blend of mushrooms, so lion's mane. And a few other uh, beneficial uh, mushroom extracts, which are which are proven now to to help with brain well brain power, mm-hmm. is what I'm going to. Well, you started growing your own mushrooms, haven't you? It's now, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got a grow kit for the lion's mane, and uh, yeah, the first flush wasn't so good, but I've put it under the kitchen counter now, and it's it's popped up already after three oh, days. Oh, how exciting! So that's where it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I take the niacin with that because niacin taken with anything. Uh, as the same with black pepper will increase absorption and it will throw it out into into the veins etc where it needs to be um what else can i tell you obviously i've started taking the copper because i was a bit naughty with the zinc 
So I'm on the copper now with a meal. And uh, in the evening, I take something called magnesium, magnesium theonate. Now, I take that simply to assist with my sleep. The relaxing effect of, of magnesium is, is, is brilliant on sleep. Uh, I usually sleep quite well, um, depending on how much caffeine I've taken. And I try not to take caffeine after 12 o'clock, but all the best intentions sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the magnesium helps with my sleep. And I will still throw in a little bit of zinc here and now. There and again, because it has benefits during this, helps you get to sleep, etc. Uh, but I won't overdo it ever again after after finding out what's what's been wrong. And I, interestingly, I take the vitamin D with K two in a liquid form, but I take that in the evening and I take that before bed. Uh, most people probably take vitamin D in the morning. And I take it before bed because it actually assists and keeps you in a prolonged REM sleep. Yeah, interesting, and I. I'll vouch for that. That that works. But you should always take your vitamin D with K2. So K2 is what's important at getting the calcium to where it needs to be. It's a transport mechanism. And that's the thing. So often I get clients who come with me, they're like, oh, the doctor's given me vitamin D. Yeah. And like, and, and what have they given you with it? And they're like, oh, calcium. I'm like, oh, no, yeah, yeah. you need the K2. Yeah. Because otherwise it's going to pull out that calcium from your bones and then you're having to artificially put it back in. That's Whereas right. if you've got the K2, you've got the proper tools there that you need to absorb it yeah either that will take a big chunk of butter because there's a lot of k2 in there but yeah um so th- so that's that's the supplements i'm taking at the minute i do supplement um if there's any men listening i do supplement creatine and uh, that's that's long tested uh, and it's it's perfectly safe creatine got demonized back in the day as a bodybuilding supplement it actually helps with uh, mindfulness and everything it's 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 a great supplement to take and it's perfectly safe and um makes you very strong as well so it's a benefit and i'll cycle off that from time to time i won't just keep taking it and to be honest i do that with all my supplements i won't just keep taking them for the duration i think it's important for your body to to come back down and, and i think what you said was very important when we were discussing i mean you're very lucky you are in the military so you can get fairly regular blood tests so you go and get your blood test you get your results and you keep them so that you can make those comparisons to make sure that you are balanced so yeah would is that something you'd recommend to all of us to go and do 100 percent. and um the interesting thing about bloods uh the earlier you get those done will will be the benchmark for everything for the rest of your life so We've all had blood tests when we were younger. They'd probably be on file for a lot of people. And you, you can request this information. From what I remember as, I mean, I joined the military at 18. So looking back, I did get blood tests, but I wasn't interested in getting those results. And I certainly wasn't offered them. Mm-hmm. So I think the important thing there is, and I'm always with my dad. I was like, did you get the results? Did you get, oh, well, I didn't. I was like, well, I'd have a look at them for you. Not that I'm a doctor, but I can certainly pick out uh, some parameters what perhaps aren't, aren't I'm playing playing game there and I, I strongly recommend everyone listen to this yes next blood test get your results you can request them uh, they'll either email them to you keep them in a folder stored on your desktop and it's it's handy to look at because I was suffering a quite low white blood cell count uh, also linked to the copper which is what made me go down that route interestingly but it's also based on the fact that I'm a, a negative blood type so there's, there's all these factors that your doctor's perhaps not going to tell you, but when you dig into it a bit, if, if you have an interest, you can sort of see why 
these things are and why you're more susceptible to, to infection and stuff, you know. Yeah, it's the first thing, for example, in an aircraft, if we have a, if there's an engine fault, you're not so sure about something, the first thing you do is take samples of the oil. And that's the same as the body. The blood's the oil. See what's going on in there. Get a blood test, you know. Some people are probably a bit scared to do it sometimes because they don't know what they're going to find. But equally, I think it's so important. And for men especially, uh, getting the testosterone and, and the um, thyroid checked is important because you need that base. You need to see at what age your testosterone baseline is because if you ever, further down the line, you want to go on TRT, which is replacement therapy, the first thing they'll do is check your natural test. And they'll, the earlier you've had that done, they'll know the parameters what to set up which yeah. we don't normally think about this because no. we're not even aware of these things and actually it's so important to have that baseline like yeah. you say so that you can work out what's natural and normal for your body yeah so i mean it's like my mum my mum um has got an underactive thyroid for years she was saying her thyroid wasn't right she did keep getting the blood test and it was like borderline normal borderline normal borderline normal mm. until all of a sudden she was having like organs pretty much shutting down and not working and it was just by chance she got a locum doctor and they were like, I know this appears normal, but I'm wondering if for you it's not. I think we just need to put you on some levothyroxine to see what happens. Her mood changed. Her body started working better. It made such an enormous difference. But it was looking at her results over time that allowed him to identify that rather than looking at what's the standard average for a person. Yeah. Because we're all so different. Yeah. We all have a different, slightly different diets. Uh, environmental factors are completely different in every single person so you're right yeah and the advice there yeah to get the bloods if you get the chance i would strongly recommend do that yeah i think next time i go into the doctors i am going to request it not that i ever go to the doctors because i don't need to anymore which is great so like i said when i was younger i always used to have something wrong with me yeah and i remember being about 19 or 20 uh, so i got diagnosed with endometriosis but i was also having all sorts of different aches and pains and the doctor told me that they thought these digestive issues were due to caffeine so they told me to cut out the caffeine so I did then next time I went back and I was still having problems well you can't have fruit teas and things they're acidic get rid of anything acidic so I didn't I was still having the problems all along I said I think this is the contraceptive pill I'm on and it is reacting badly with my system doctor wouldn't have it they sent me for endoscopies all sorts of different things and eventually I still kept going back saying, I feel really bad. And I got accused of being a hypochondriac and basically don't come back. We think you're a hypochondriac. And it wasn't. It was just something that was imbalanced in my body. And as soon as I got rid of those contraceptive pills, I healed and I recovered. So I've always been ever since that a little bit wary of going to the doctors because they didn't give me that satisfactory support. Yeah. I know there are times when going to the doctors is really important if I was in a car crash and needed an operation, if I broke a bone or something, I would want a doctor or a surgeon. But then at other times, I sort of think I prefer to look down other alternative avenues as to what can be provided for my well-being. Yeah, I completely agree. A lot of the time, it's, uh, it's treating the symptoms. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes if it's bacterial infection, yes, you need antibiotics uh, to speed up the process. Um, viral, nothing, nothing's going to happen there. You just got to sit it out. But I went through something very similar to what you just described. And for me, it was, um, it was acne at a young age. So as, as everyone gets, I get it. But um, it was dragging on a bit for me. So I went to the doctors, etc. They 
they took tests and they stuck me on the you know antibiotics and I was I wasn't told anything about this is going to destroy your microbiome within your gut and in fact it never recovers which is interesting um, and then they put me on a, a what was it now I think it's Roaccutane well, quite a nasty drug actually uh, my cholesterol had to be monitored for this so you know it's bad and uh, yes this was it was high amounts of vitamin A looking back and doing my research I was 17 at the time there was no internet really so um, other than free surf chat you know it was early days not that old but yeah so I I delved into that and and yeah that what I did in the end none of this really worked it worked for the time Mm -hmm. for a small amount of time they treated the symptoms I just stopped using everything on my face I stopped washing with your clearosols your benzoyl peroxides treated formulas my so my barrier then rebuilt itself, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I had perfect skin. I know. <laughs> to be honest, my skin tends to be quite good, yeah. and I don't use anything on it. I'm very much, I believe, in natural, organic, wherever possible. If I'm going to put something on my skin, I mean, it's the largest organ in the body. Yeah. Whatever I put on my skin is going to be absorbed into the body. And I think I really woke up to that when my friend Karen died of cancer. She was looking at what things can create cancer and she was quite shocked and alarmed to find a lot of the stuff that we put on a lot of products that we spray on ourselves or rub on ourselves actually have got a lot of really nasty damaging chemicals in them and since then I've eliminated them all from myself so I use natural deodorant I use natural hair products and I feel so much better for that as well and I think you've made another really important point there that it's not only what we're digesting it's what we put on ourselves as well can have an impact on our overall well-being yeah yeah, definitely agree with that. You know, to the point where sometimes I'll just use um, a bicarbonate soda to brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use a non-fluoride toothpaste anyway to just to eliminate those, those heavy metals, which I think is important. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I went back onto I had a fluoride toothpaste when I was away in a hotel, uh, and um, my gums just inflamed. It was it awful. It tastes horrible. It tastes yeah, so false taste and nasty yeah. when you haven't been on it. But... Yeah, and I, I just thought, well. I'm obviously doing something right there. So what I would maybe like to ask you is, obviously when people do a lot of these dietary changes, it's a lot about mindset as well. So I tend to find that I'm okay when everything's ticking along nicely. Sometimes in the past, it's if I'm stressed or overwhelmed, that's where some things slide. Things like my Wim Hof breathing's gone out of the window. Other times it's special occasions. So when I was growing up, Christmas is a big time where the idea of Christmas is you eat lots of food, you eat loads of chocolate, there's loads of sweets, lots of cake around, people drink alcohol, lots of fizzy drinks and lots of rubbish. So most of the time I'm absolutely fine but I really had to transition. I was better this Christmas but the Christmas before. Well what's Christmas? if I'm not eating all the food. And of course, there's the religious meaning. Of course, there's the spending time with the family and the presents. But it felt like a big chunk of my festive experience was all of a sudden taken away from me because I was choosing to eat a much healthier diet. And I mean, this year, I have had a few chocolates over Christmas, like lint chocolates, and I felt rubbish. And I probably only had three or four over the entire period. But I felt that in my body. And I think now that I don't put the same things in my body, as soon as I do, my body identifies them as a poison and I feel a reaction straight away. I feel foggy. I feel tired. I feel grumpy. My mood's affected. My digestion's affected. 
what would you say to people mind-wise that can help them to readjust when they are making these changes, particularly at those times where either they are stressed or overwhelmed or in those celebratory times? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I suffer exactly what you just said <laughs> there myself as well. It's hard. It is a mental challenge is what it is. And you need to persuade yourself that you are in control of what you're putting in your body. And, and I guess that's the battle that it is. All the information in the world isn't going to stop you from, you know, going home in an evening and gorging on a load of chocolate. You know, you've got the info. Um, at, at Christmas, what I tend to do with big festive treats like that, I'll, I'll try and fast. So I'll, I'll fast as much as I can in that morning mm-hmm. in preparation for the, for the big meal. And I, that usually puts me in good stead. I also have a bottle of apple cider vinegar on hand in the yeah. fridge at all times. Now, if, you, if, you, if you're a bit, say if you're absolutely stuffed, mm-hmm. I tend to find if you drink the apple cider vinegar, it just it throws everything through twice as fast. That's interesting. Yeah, it does speed up the process and it helps your body create, create the acid it needs to break down the, uh, the, the lot. You know, if you've been having a lot of turkey and stuff, it, it definitely works there. It even helps with glucose-based products, I find. Yeah. Um, for people, yeah... So you're going to go through that detox, uh, especially if you go, I'm having a lemon a day mm-hmm. and uh, this is what I'm going to start doing. If you went into that sort of dry, as you like to say, you're going to suffer some sort of nasty detox effects maybe. Um, and I, I noticed that when I started with the celery juice. Yeah. I started drinking about a pint of celery juice a day from nothing and it started flushing toxins out of my body and I had loose bowels for a while. So I had to back off from it and increase it gradually yeah. so that my body had time to get used to it. And I thought in some ways, just stick with it yeah. because it's obviously clearing a lot of stuff that needs to be cleared. But at the same time, I still had to get the kids to school and lead a normal <laughs> life and go to work. So you sometimes have to make these compromises or decide what you're willing to put up with. Yeah, I think headaches is the one I suffered from when I started eliminating stuff. So oh, caffeine's terrible. If I ever go on a caffeine fast, um, yeah, the headaches, anyone will vouch for this. You, the headaches you have with caffeine withdrawal is, is immense. Um, but I guess, interestingly with the lemons, though, that's soluble fibre, so it won't, it'll make you more firm than anything in that department. But <laughs> if we go in there. Um, yeah, what I will say as well, don't neglect the sodium. So... When I say sodium, you know, the Himalayan salts. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be scared to uh, throw that onto foods, if you're, especially if you're eliminating carbohydrates, especially if you're doing that, because you're going you're gonna to excrete so much fluid if you're eliminating carbohydrates. In fact, the first couple of days on keto, it's amazing because you lose all this weight, mm-hmm. but it's water. So it's your body, you know, it needs, it's, as soon as you take away the carbohydrate component there, uh, you're just going to, you know, excrete the water. With that water goes your electrolytes. Mm-hmm. And this is where the headaches, the keto flu comes from. Yeah. You need to be on top of that. Um, I use black pepper on everything. Mm-hmm. So black pepper is going to increase absorption. That's in most, if you look on the back of most bottles for vitamins, black pepper is included because it enhances absorption. If you take your turmeric, if you've read about, I'm going to take turmeric once a day, take it with black pepper because the absorption rate's going to be twice. And that's actually so cheap and yeah. so easy to get hold of, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, all these things back in the day, they, people fought wars over uh, cinnamon, for example, and turmeric, you know. So 
they are they all have their own advantages benefits i'd be careful of going in and doing everything at once i'd probably because <laughs> i'm guilty of this i'm human nature <laughs> Me too. you read something you're like right, i'm doing that on monday perhaps don't do that just sort of step by step start introducing and removing things at a slow pace uh, and the same goes for exercise I think walking's brilliant you know I do intense maximum effort weights kickboxing anything I do I still always walk and I walk as much as I can and I do a lot of zone two stuff as well now when I say zone two I mean for example, when I, I could jog next, we could jog with each other and we could call the conversation still. Yeah. That's zone two. And the, the benefits of that for the heart, it's, it's, it's brilliant, you know, um, 40 minutes or so. But I think start, start slow. Everyone says this, I know they do, but even if you're walking once a day, this is going to soak so many benefits to the body, the metabolism, everything. It's going to work better. And I, I try to, every time I eat, I try and move afterwards. So, for example, I have a snack at lunch. I'll go for a walk. I'm quite fortunate. I have a woods behind me, which is amazing. So I go around this woods two or three times a day. People think I'm crazy because I haven't got a dog. <laughs> Why are you walking without a dog? Uh, but but that's that's what works for me. And um, and it's it's a slow road, really. But by the time you know, you think you want results. We all want results straight away. But six months down the line, and six months isn't a long time, especially with the way. Time seems to be flying right now. Uh, you look back and you think how far you've come. So um, slow and steady is, yeah. is is what I'd recommend there. Yeah, I'd agree with that because it's when I've tended to go into things at 100 miles an hour, not really research them properly, is then when I end up, yeah, it ends up going wrong because I've I lose the motivation and interest, or I've overlooked something and I've ended up eliminating something else, which then causes further problems. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things for me that I've had to come to terms with is that a lot of what we're told is good for us within our society actually isn't. So an example would be if I went into a restaurant with a group of friends. In the past, a lot of people would have been commenting of, oh, look at the size of what's on your plate. Look how much food you've got. So there'd have been that emphasis on portion size rather than the quality of the food. Likewise, we tend to have this idea in our society of processed junk sugary foods being a treat or a reward. So you've been really good today, kids. We'll take you to McDonald's as a treat. You've been really well behaved. Have a bag of sweets. And that really messed with my mind to get out the idea that everything that I saw and everything that I've been trained throughout my life to see as a positive, as a reward, actually isn't. It's really damaging and really harmful. And I think that's something I'm struggling with with my children now because I didn't have this awareness when they were little. So I allowed people to feed them sweets. They'd go to Nanny's house and Nanny would let them have like three bags of sweets. And they got rewarded with things. And as I've learned more, I've wanted to bring them on the journey with me. But there's a lot of resistance with the age they're at now. And so I think even as an adult, it's taken me a long time to adjust that mindset to recognising these things aren't necessarily a treat or a reward they're not very good for me. And why would I not instead be giving myself something that's really nutritionally valuable for my body? Because after all, what food should be is a fuel for the body. And if I was driving my car to the petrol station, my car's a petrol car, if I put diesel in it, it wouldn't work properly and it would cause lasting damage. It's the same with the nutrients and the food we're having. If we put the wrong fuel in our bodies, 
it's going to cause damage, it's going to stop it working and it's going to not only shorten our life, but it's going to also restrict us in terms of our well-being and our health, which then has an impact on the way we enjoy and the quality of life that we have. 100%. Yeah, and I think it's all about optimising nutrition to make it, it, essentially what you're trying to, you're trying to increase your your life uh, fulfilment aren't you that's that's what we're all trying to do and if if you can do that via nutrition and i think it's a massive component of it yeah then then i'm all ears to everything and i've just been a sponge for the last 20 years with that intent what you've just discussed there um just going back to what you said about being sold a lie uh, crafty advertisement really but I remember in the 90s, it was fat was demonized. Mm-hmm. Now, now I know it's completely different. Uh, and cholesterol was demonized, which isn't the case. Uh, so, fats are so beneficial for men, especially teen boys need. Uh, I would suggest probably quite a lot. Of, I'm going to say quite a lot here. I'm not going to say quite a lot. They need some sort of red meat because the cholesterol within that is actually responsible for manufacturing the hormones and the hormone testosterone uh, estrogen it's all manufactured from cholesterol right and this is important especially with men's testosterone falling um so yeah i i probably more than most red meat i'm not scared to eat red meat mm-hmm. uh if you used to ask me the the perfect food on this planet i'm gonna say eggs i'm gonna say the egg because it has everything in there that has has the protein it has the, uh, the fat-soluble uh, vitamins within the yolk. Uh, never throw the yolks away. That was a 90s thing. Um, and it has the cholesterol ratio, which is perfect. The egg is perfect. And I, you can have that. I tend to have poached eggs. Uh, cooking them, apparently, is it releases more nutritional value, although I've been guilty of taking raw eggs after watching Rocky and what have you. But it's, um, it's the perfect food. And um, it was demonised as it's demonised now, right now at this at this. There's a lot going minute. on in regards to eggs at the moment, isn't funny there? Funny old thing, funny mm. old thing. But um, the, don't be scared of the cholesterol. Cholesterol is protective. Mm-hmm. So anywhere you're finding cholesterol uh, in your blood tests, etc., it's it's there to repair. So it's a repairing That's hormone. It's, it's a very potent mechanism. What it uses cholesterol, but it does generate. If you used to eliminate cholesterol. From a from a I'll go a teen male, you'd find that they just wouldn't develop properly because the, the testosterone's not there. I'm not saying it wouldn't rebound and recover because it probably would, but yeah, that's how. But that could create all sorts of imbalances then, and also for fertility and other things like that for the future. You need that testosterone to be present. Yeah, yeah, and I'm obviously particularly quite interested in that side of things coming from uh, my background. So I've done a lot of research into that. Um, but but yeah, I I cook with fats. I'm not scared of butters, uh, ghee, coconut oil, and lard. Anything anything that's solid at room temperature, you should be cooking with because the smoke points higher. So if you, if you if you're cooking with olive oil, really you shouldn't be taking it over a certain heat threshold. Um, if you're frying on a pan, if it's been sat at the side of the cooker and it's solid at room temperature you're probably all right uh, i actually make my own ghee now ghee's a fantastic uh fat to cook with so that's that's clarified butter so you, you can make your own you, you heat the butter stick uh all the moisture leaves that uh and it leaves you like a golden liquid and you don't even have to refrigerate that liquid it's fantastic and it tastes amazing 
but it's got a really high smoke point and you, and you can use that without worrying about it becoming carcinogenic, etc., etc. Well, I'm going to have to start doing that. Yeah, yeah. And olive oil is fantastic at room temperature, though. Don't we wrong? I'd, I'd actually swig on it with a, with a, if, I'm having a, <laughs> if I'm having a more of, of a keto breakfast. Because this is what I do as well. I don't I try not to combine the carbs and the fats and the proteins. Yeah. I'll have eggs, bacon, perhaps a little bit of avocado if I'm feeling a bit fresh. And then I'll have, I'll sometimes swig a bit of olive oil with that and I'll pour it on top. Or, and, and yeah, the benefits there. You know, you feel alert. You know straight away what's good, what's gone in your body, don't you? Yeah. And, and, and another thing, going on feel, is, is, there's a lot to be said. And that's what I was just going to add as well, because we're soon coming to an end. I would say go on what feels right for you, because we've given lots of different ideas and suggestions. And already just between the two of us, we're doing different things with our diet that are working for us. We're not, we've researched a lot, particularly you, you've researched enormously, but it's really important to go out there and do your own research to focus on what feels right for your body and don't just blindly follow any diet that anybody's telling you to do. Go and research it, go and look at your body type, look at your bloods, look at all these different factors and work out if it's going to be the right thing for you and do it slowly. Yeah, agree, couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's it's took a lot of trial and error for me to sit here today and say the things I've said. It's it's not stuff that I've just gone and read over a weekend. This is from the age of 15 I've been reading into this. And I could literally sit here and talk to you all day. <laughs> Which I'd be but, quite happy because yeah. I feel like I'm learning so much. <laughs> I've got a piece of paper next to me and I've made so many notes as we've gone along of different things that I'm going to start adding to my diet or little tweaks that I'm going to make. So thank you. That's fine. And if you've got any any questions come off the back of this, I'm happy to answer them and, 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 and point people into the right where I found the information. So, yeah, which is important as well. It's not, I'm not just preaching this. This is stuff that I've usually taken from some good sources. Wonderful. Well, thank you ever so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. It's been so insightful. And I hope you'll come back again another time to talk to me some more. You're welcome. Yeah, it's been a privilege. Thanks a lot. And uh, yeah, you're on. Brilliant. So whatever you're doing now, have a great day. Take care and I shall speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you are interested in what we do, please go to my website, www.tranquil-awakenings.co.uk. As well as information on the therapies I offer, there is also links to my Past Life Regression Therapists Programme and my Professional Hypnotherapy Training Programmes. If you are looking for online training for self-development, please go to debbieison.thinkific.com and also remember to follow me on social media. Simply on Facebook, type in Tranquil Awakenings to find my business page and I'm also on Instagram. I love hearing from you. Please do send any comments or questions and if you have any ideas of what you would like me to talk about on future episodes, please do send me a message.